Our sermon lesson today is uh, from Isaiah 55, 1 through 5. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. And you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not. And nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, for He has endowed you with splendor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our good Father, we ask once again that your word would be a lamp unto our feet and it would be a light unto our path and that by it we might see Jesus and be changed by Him and it is in His name that we pray. Amen. So every year, an estimated 9 million people around the world will die of starvation. Every, every 10 seconds, a child around the world will die of starvation from not getting enough food and enough nutrients. One every 10 seconds. And I remember growing up on TV there would often be these commercials inviting you to help support feed children around the world. And they would show pictures, footage of children in Ethiopia, different parts of Africa. And you would see these malnourished and starving children. And it was heartbreaking to look at. You would see there, there's no fat. Uh, there was very, very little muscle. And you could often see uh, the bones coming through, you could see rib cages. And there was this plea for help in the commercial. Please help support. Please help feed those who do not have food. Those whose bodies seem to be wasting away. Because when, when you saw the pictures, you knew right away that something was wrong. You knew just looking at their faces and at their bodies that this is not the way it was meant to be. This is not a thriving person and there's something wrong. It was clear that their bodies needed nourishment, needed something that they were not getting. It was obvious. What if... What if when God looks at us, he sees something very similar? Not with muscle, not with skin, not with bone, but what if, what if God, in looking below the surface of our lives and looking at the most important part about us, sees what's going on and sees that all is not well? What if he sees a soul on the inside that is starving away from years and years and years of hunger 
and malnutrition, of not getting what we need, of not getting and being sustained by what we were truly made for. And what makes our condition so dangerous is that on the surface, we have no idea that this is happening. We look in the mirror and we see healthy bodies. We open up our pantries and we see them full of food. We look into our bank accounts and we see there is enough to get by. And we look at the television and we see an endless supply of entertainment to keep our minds occupied. And we look at all of that and we think to ourselves, all is well. And this morning, God is saying to us, all is not well. This morning, we have a plea from God himself. It is an invitation to weak and to weary people to be made well. It's an invitation to hungry and thirsty people, to malnourished people, to starving people, to find abundance and to feast on what is truly good and what is truly satisfying and what is truly life-giving. And it is an invitation that we will either accept and enjoy and find life from, or it is an invitation that we will decline and say no to and walk away and lose out on. It says, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters and you who have no money, come by and eat. Come by wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend your money on what is not bread and your labor for what does not satisfy? Listen. Listen to me. And eat what is good. And delight yourself in the richest affair. This is a feast. This is a feast that is God's idea, and this is a feast that is meant to be good news to us. And so I have a few questions. I have three questions that I want us to consider this morning. First, what are you feasting on now? Second, what is this feast that God is inviting you to? And third, will you accept this invitation? So first, what are you feasting on now? Second, what is this feast that God is inviting you and me and everyone to? And then third and finally, and most personally, will you accept this invitation? So first, what are you feasting on right now? We are all hungry in some ways. When your body is hungry, you know it, you feel it. There is a a vacancy and an emptiness that you know needs to be filled. And when you sense that emptiness, you go to whatever you think might be able to satisfy that hunger. Our hearts work the same way, except for the things that we use to fill this type of hunger look very different. What are the kinds of hunger that we feel? We feel a hunger for success. We're hungry for security. We're hungry for beauty. We're hungry for comfort. 
We're hungry for significance. We're hungry for love. We're hungry for knowledge. We're hungry for respect. We're hungry for pleasure. We're hungry for money. We're hungry for entertainment. We're hungry for attention. We're hungry for companionship. What what are you hungry for? Think about it this way. What do you want in life? What do you find yourself thinking about and dreaming about and pursuing and, and chasing after? Notice the things that I just listed are not bad things, but they are things that we long for, things that we look to to find this satisfaction and to fill this emptiness that we so often feel in our lives. I don't know how many times this would happen around five o'clock in the afternoon in my house. I would, I would feel this hunger and I would automatically go to the pantry and raid it to get any snack I could get my hands on because I was hungry. And, and my, mother, my mom would find me and almost every time she would say something like this. It's almost time to eat. So don't spoil your dinner. She, she knew something about me and about how hunger works. She knew that what my body really needed was a full meal. And while those Pop-Tarts or chips or crackers or whatever it is might meet that immediate need, it was not what my body truly longed for and needed. When God looks at the people of Israel in this prophet Isaiah's work, he's looking towards a people who have spent their lives pursuing things that are simply not bread. They are drinking from things that are simply not water, and it's killing them. It's starving them. It's not giving them life. It is taking it away. And he asks them, why are you spending your money on that which isn't bread? And why are you laboring for that which does not satisfy? What you are working for, what you are consuming is not giving you the life that you want or that you were made for. Our, our daily life here is, is like this expansive food court where we are a, a people who are deeply hungry and we look around and we see choice after choice after choice after choice. They are competing for our attention. They are competing for our affection. They are all saying, this is where you will find the fullness that you long for. And we get lost in all the noise and all the chaos. And part of the Advent season is to cut through that noise, to enter quietness and, and silence that we might be able to hear a different voice inviting us something better. John Piper in his book, A Hunger for God, says this. If you don't feel strong desires for God, if you don't find yourself really wanting him, really longing it's not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It's because you've nibbled so long at the table of the world. Your soul is stuffed with small things that there is no longer room for the great. What are you feasting on? A dietitian 
is an expert in human nutrition and the regulation of diet. The dietitian will alter their patient's nutrition based on their medical attention and individual needs. Part of my job as a pastor is I am a dietitian. I, I am called to look not only at my my own life, but all of them. And what is it that we are feeding on? What is it that we are filling our lives with, our days with, our years with? What will truly satisfy? And, and for me to say there, this will not give you what you want. And to lead in a different direction, to say this is true food. This is true drink. Come and listen. Brings us to our second question. What is this better feast that God is inviting us to? In his book, Man's Search for Meaning, uh, Viktor Frankl tells his story of living in different concentration camps during World War II. It's far from a pleasant experience, and he shares how one of his his greatest sources of happiness was was around dinner when when they would serve the soup and this you have to kind of get rid of all your own pictures of what soup looks like because it's basically just a clear broth and at the bottom this was pea soup and at the bottom there were just these small scraps of peas here and there and sometimes on a really good special day the guard would get deep enough so that in his bowl there would just be not only broth, but just a few little peas. He would talk about how much joy that was and how that felt like a feast to him. The Nazis who had enslaved these Jews had little interest in giving them any kind of feast. God's very different. The, the feast that God calls Israel to and the feast that he calls us to something rich, something good, something life-giving. This invitation to feast is not just thrown out indifferently in a generic way that says, if you want to come, it's here. If you don't come, I don't care. That's not the heart that we see here. What we see here is a heart that is pleading and begging. Come. Come to me and live. Listen. Why are you feeding on that? What you hear, I hope, is desire. You do not hear a dispassionate, indifferent God, but you hear one who is deeply interested in you, in your life, in your health, in your well-being. There's a lie that goes back all the way to the beginning in the garden. Words by the serpent. Remember when he said, did God really say? And there was the seed that was planted, and it's the seed that God doesn't really care. He's holding back on what's truly for your good. He's not truly for you. And that seed has taken root in our lives. And what we find growing is all of these harsh views of God's indifference towards us. And what we see in Scripture is something so different. God who is stopping at nothing to pursue us. Come to the waters. Come by wine and milk. Come eat what is good. Come delight yourself 
in the richest affair. This is the language of, of abundance, of overflowing, of having more than we need. Before COVID, we'd have a lot of times where I do a children's lesson up here. And often I'd have these props. And, and what I'm trying to do is come down to the children's level to say, this is what God is like. Or this is what the Christian life is like. So often in the scriptures, God's doing the same thing to us. He's coming down to our level to try to, 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 try to make eye contact with us to say, this is what I'm like. Sometimes he'll say, I'm a shepherd. You know what a shepherd is like? That's what I'm like. You know what a king is like? Do you know what a rock is like? Do you know what a strong tower is like? And now, do you know what food does for you? Do you know what really good food does for you? Do you know why your body needs bread? Why you need water? Do you know that full feeling you get after a big meal? That's what I'm like. That's what it's like to know me. To experience this fullness. And what we see is the feast that God invites us to is not these other gifts. The feast that God invites us to is the gift of himself. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you. Psalm 34. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Jeremiah 2. My people have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. And they're drinking from broken cisterns that hold nothing. In our passage, you'll see this talk of an everlasting covenant. God's steadfast love to David and his family and the nations coming in and enjoying this feast. It's, it's foreshadowing God saying this meal that I'm inviting you to is the fulfillment of my promises to you. Through David, the king. And that's going to be not just for you, but for all the nations. And what this does is it's pointing us to the true food from our gospel lesson today. Do you remember what Jesus says to us? He says, I am the bread of life. I'm what you were meant to live off of. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Belief is not just acknowledging certain things about God in our head, but belief here is us coming to Jesus saying, you are like food to me. You are like water to me. You are in some mysterious spiritual way that, that I've got to work out. You are food for me. And life itself. Belief is finding our life in him. And this, this brings us to our final question. Will you accept this invitation? This, this feast, this invitation to leave substitutes behind? And to feast on what God gives us. And not just one time, but a, a lifestyle of feasting and eating in abundance. What are, the, what are the qualifications for this? you just got to be thirsty. You've got to be hungry. 
if we're not thirsty, if we're not hungry, then then bread and water and wine and milk and all the abundance won't mean anything to us. No matter no matter how wonderful it is, if there's no appetite for that, there's no connection to this, which is why God says, come in your hunger, come in your thirst. In order to enjoy this, you simply have to have need. You don't have to be special. You don't have to have money. There's nothing you can do to purchase this or earn this. This is grace. So often we see the God of the Old Testament pitted against the God of the New Testament in Jesus. And what we see here is they are one and the same. This is grace. Jesus Feasting freely with with tax collectors and sinners is God himself here saying, come, come as you are. Come hungry, come thirsty, come empty handed. It just matters whether you come. In a moment, we're going to share a meal together. That is a meal for hungry people, a meal that we come open handed with and where God meets us, where Jesus says, this is my body, which is for you. This is my blood that was shed for you. Taste and see that I'm good. And remember the price that I paid to give you life. Are you hungry? What are you feeding on? What is your diet? What needs to be left behind? What needs to be said no to? What might you need to fast from? What would it look like for you to find your nourishment in Jesus as the bread of life? That's what Advent's all about. Invitation. A gift. Let's pray. Our good Father, we thank you for your heart. We thank you for your feast. We thank you for the invitation. We thank you for your son as the bread of life. We pray that you would lead us, that you would give us a hunger and a thirst that um, we wouldn't just consume just entertainment and, and things that just won't satisfy. Lead us to you, the river of life. In Jesus' name, amen.